1: What does the right moment look like? It looks like somebody who is emotionally receptive, where there's real warmth between you. Making sure that your sex life is high functioning is so important.
0: If you don't have sex beforehand, especially if you don't discuss it, then you may end up in a relationship with someone that is maybe the antithesis of what sexually turns you on.
1: Okay, so, well, I will speak for myself. As with all things, direct, simple, and supportive is the right way to go about it because you want to talk about, you can put someone on edge real fast with this topic. Um, So you need to be clear. You want to speak up for what you want. There's no way to get the life that you want unless you're willing to articulate it, which actually, by the way, the one thing i will say in sex education class that they taught us in tacoma washington if you're not ready to talk to your partner about sex you're not ready to have sex that's
0: actually really good advice i
1: thought that was fantastic and i remember thinking at 16 yeah no i'm not ready to talk about this (laughs) like i am absolutely terrified so that was very good advice so being able to ask for what you want to be able to say like and without blaming the other person that's going to be so critical because You'll put people on their back foot. People are already super insecure. When, when it comes to being naked, already people are like super on edge. And so making sure that you extend it as something you want to do together. Hey, this is a project. Things can be even better, project. right?
0: I'm gonna stop you there.
1: That's so interesting. <laughs> for, that speaks to all, me. I love for that. For
0: all the men out there, please do not say to your woman, this is a project.
1: This is something we can do together?
0: Yes, that's okay. great. But there's certain things women will want. Romance, they'll want fluffy language. Ooh,
1: yes. Yes. So, in fact, let's... But
0: so here this is
1: the talk about. Are you saying that we shouldn't talk about it unless we're in a romantic space?
0: Oh, so so let's go down this, because as you were talking, I was like, but people are petrified to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Like, the actual words of, hey, let's talk about sex. People get stuck there. I think you've jumped a bit ahead on, like... Um, how to approach it in the sense of like, oh God, I'm not quite sure. Like you said something that feels very mechanical, but how would you actually approach it? So let's say, I, I, we don't often talk about sex, we yeah. obviously do, but let's just say we don't. We, do. we haven't had sex for a while, let's just say. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it, it's been six months.
1: Since we had sex. Let's say. Ooh. Or maybe
0: it's been like there was a birthday in there. That almost spills into
1: something else. So let's say there
0: was a birthday in there. There's occasion. There's things in there, but someone's not completely satisfied.
1: Right. But
0: it's not like with me and you, I can be like, hey babe, are you horny? Are you, you know, like it's not as easy for some people. Yes. So how do you actually approach even talking about it?
1: Okay. So here is my general guideline. So first of all, all the things that I said stand. So you want to. Make sure that you're being direct, you wanna make sure that you're creating um, an open dialogue where the other person's not feeling judged which will shut them down. Now, when do I do that? Because this is something that actually drives you crazy about me in a bad way, which is that I don't just go full steam ahead. So I go in my mind, hey, there's this thing I really wanna talk to whoever about, could be my partner, but if, if a significant period of time has gone by, and this is an area of real friction and real sensitivity, then I would play it like I would whenever I have somebody in my life where it's like, hey, this really difficult topic has to be brought up, and I'm looking for the right moment. Now, what does it mean to look for the right moment? What does the right moment look like? It looks like somebody who is emotionally receptive, where there's real warmth between you and I'm gonna have to set aside a, a truly dysfunctional relationship where so many things are going wrong that there isn't warmth. So I'm gonna assume that there's still warmth, but it's we're just not quite where we want to be on the sexual side of things. So I'm gonna look for that moment where our guard is down. That's hugely important. And you can tell when somebody's, as you would say, their back is up, or they're really sort of calm, what we say emotionally sober, right? So you're looking for either emotionally sober, just neutral, or something where it's actually, there isn't sobriety, but it's in the warmth category. So you're almost kind of high on each other, you're intoxicated, maybe you just had a great meal, you're laughing, you just watched a comedy, something where there's that real genuine sense of wanting to hear the other person, wanting them to win. And when you sense that moment, that's when you can bring it up and I'm always looking for something that does a bit of the work for me. So, as I was saying, maybe you just watched a comedy, right? And in the comedy, it comes up. They bring it up or something. And then it's like, you use that as your in. And that's something that we've used historically before we had the tools. Um, Our, of course, most famous story is we got in a huge fight and then went to see the movie Rush Hour 2. And coming out of that movie, we'd laughed so hard, and we were in such a good mood, and we went from, you know, kind of sitting like this to holding hands, yeah. In the movie theater, we were pissed with each other. A hundred percent. And then you can feel the ice thaw, you're holding hands, and then in that moment where you're You're both sort of laughing and giggling about how silly that was and i can't believe how upset we were and so you look for a moment where you can be like oh my god i can't believe i'm having so much trouble bringing this up this is so crazy because you're so amazing in so many ways and it's probably something i'm doing so this is me in real time realizing what i would do so i would take it on myself and say i'm doing something to create this and i need your help to get on the other side of it So I'm looking for that moment where there's warmth between us. I'm ideally finding a moment where something else sort of brought up that topic or a tangential topic, like it could be directly brought up sex or brought up things I find difficult to talk about so that I can segue and be like, Mm. and speaking of another thing I find (laughs) difficult to bring up. Um, And so those two things coupled with making sure that I'm bringing it on myself, looking for the things I've done to put us in this situation, not pointing the finger at the other person, not doing anything that will make them feel blamed or judged, um, trying to avoid all of their insecurities, and then just asking for help. And I think by framing it as, Mm. I need your help on this thing, that that combination makes people receptive.
0: That was really good, and I'd like to add to that, so the part about saying, what is what am I doing wrong? I freaking love me and you do that all the time instead of pointing the finger. I also think it will be interesting because as I project, what would I say to you? I think I would come to you be like, look, maybe not in these words, but in that moment, we're either laughing or something. It's like, look, I really want to be an amazing wife to you. And in fact, didn't I even do this a couple of weeks ago? I said, what am I... What thing am I not doing that you wish that I was still doing, or Mm. something like that?
1: You have asked that question specifically, which is one of the most powerful questions ever asked in our marriage. But then you also do a more vague version of.
0: Yeah, thank you. So I actually say to you, are you happy in the marriage? Is there anything I can do to improve? Like, do you feel neglected in any way? So I take on the ownership of like, what am I not giving you? Because the thing is, To trick ourselves into thinking, we're always giving our partners exactly what they need all the freaking time is absolutely putting blinders on. So I know there's gonna be things to every relationship that someone can do better. So to me, it's like, hey babe, how can I do better? And then the hope is you then ask me, it's like, oh, well, thank you. Wow, you just listened and you weren't defensive, right? It's like, when I said to you, you know, oh, you don't take care of me in the food and I wish you would, it's like, oh my God, of course. Like, let me think about that. How can I make that work? You see that I'm receptive to the criticism, criticism isn't the right word, to the improvements I want to make. And then you hope in reverse to then allow space to say the same thing to you and because you've been receptive to all the things that you should do better, then hopefully that person does as well.
1: What if I don't reciprocate? What if I don't even think to ask? I'm so
0: just amazed. I'm like, oh my God, what a beautiful
1: gift you've given me. Thank you for asking that. Good night. <laughs> so the funny thing
0: is, you used to do this to me with movies. I would always like we'd come out of a I movie theater and I'd be like, "Babe, what'd you think of the movie?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, it was great." And then you'd go on about your day. Right. And be like, I liked it too. <laughs> so, so the funny thing is, I know you, and I know it's part of your characteristics. Right. So I actually wouldn't take it personally. I would be then like, "Oh, actually." So then for me you know, let me just, I'd love to also say the things that you could potentially do to improve on our relationship.
1: Let me tell you, that's, that gets real dangerous real fast.
0: Go on. So what would you do? Would you not then bring it up?
1: I would, but I, I don't know then, I actually know I wouldn't. I would be like, that was a missed opportunity. Now this is, Mm. this, remember, this is a relationship that is stressed. Mm. This is not like me saying, hey, here's an optimal way to communicate. Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. what would end up happening is I would start to feel like I had a secret from you and so I'd be like, oh God, I need this to come up at some point. But I also wanna be realistic about, sometimes waiting a few days is way better than forcing the issue. When you know that it's Mm -hmm. something likely to trigger an insecurity. So. Your strategy is great, and if it does get the other person there, it's wonderful. But the second you're like, and now let me tell you things you're doing wrong. The framing mm-hmm. is now, Where you, you have wrong. done this. Yeah. This is a problem. Or, yeah, it's, it, you're setting somebody up in a risky position unless they volunteer. So if you've elicited the, yeah. the reciprocation, it works wonderfully. But if you don't, now it's it gets tough because yeah. you're putting it on them as something that they're...
0: I'm more likely to eat the marshmallow than you are. I'm less patient. You're the...
1: really aggressive with stuff like this, to your detriment.
0: Yeah, so I, and no, look, me and you definitely figure out our communication, so you're right, I probably should've in that situation wait a few days, so I'm glad that you actually said that out loud. One other thing though that I would really do, is a tie the emotion to it. So for instance, and you know that I've said this many times before, when we first got married, I was around a lot of women who had been married for a long time, they'd had kids, and all I would hear is the women moan and complain about the fact the guy doesn't bring him flowers, he's not romantic, and then in the same breath, be like, yeah, I gotta give her up because it's his birthday. And I'm <laughs> like, but isn't that the same, right? needs, wants in a relationship, there shouldn't be judgment. If you want and need flowers, you have every right to. If you want romance, if you want and need sex, you should have every right to. And that's one thing Mean you don't do is judge each other for what we want. But going back to what I would say is, how does that then make me feel? I don't just say to you, babe, get me flowers. I'd be like, you know it would be so nice? Oh my God, it would make my day if you bought me roses. Like, babe, no pressure. But if you really want to know how to cheer me up, that's how you do it.
1: Keys to the kingdom.
0: Because so people would...
1: hearing you say that are going to be like, that's horrendous. That well, how... is so unromantic.
0: Right? Why do you have to ask? Because... I shouldn't have
1: to tell him. He should know me.
0: Right. And I used to be like that. He should know me. You're not a freaking mind reader. Going back to you, you said it earlier. Do I want you to win? Do I want you to succeed in this relationship? Of course I want you to succeed in this relationship. So for me to test you and then wait to see if you succeed or not... To me, isn't a partnership. It goes back to that tennis game that I love the analogy. It's like we're not on separate sides of the, the court. Mm. You aren't we aren't on the same side. You are next to me. This is a team of doubles and we're playing the game to win together. So to me, it absolutely is, you've got to freaking get over it. Get over it. You have to get over it. You have to be honest, but going back to I would be honest with why it makes how it makes me feel. So it's not a demand. It's not a oh my god, you're not good enough. It'd be like, oh my God. Or I'd say, you know the last time you got me flowers baby I have no idea I couldn't stop thinking about it I wanted to jump your bones now look I know you I know about me saying you don't want to jump your bones you'd be like oh really gotta get her more flowers then right it's like it's not manipulation it is absolutely saying the words that I that I feel that are very true I'd never lie to you so I wouldn't trick you and pretend
1: can we can, we need a word because it
0: People don't like manipulation.
1: And because it's terrible. Yes. So let us use the word guidance. You're guiding me. I like it. You're guiding me in a direction of behavior Mm. that will benefit not only myself, but the relationship. And one should want to guide their partner, Mm. but guide them to success. But I want to be honest that it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks that you have to tell me that you want flowers, right? Right. It would just be cooler if I could, maybe not mind read, but that I know you well enough yeah. that like, oh man, I just knew in this moment, right? That would be better. And so I want to let people know, I hear you. I feel that pain. The, in a relationship, to get what you actually want, to have that long-term bond, to share decades and decades and decades of your life with somebody in a way that is fulfilling and joyful and amazing, you have to accept that they are a human that interprets the world differently than you do. And the only way for them to get where you need them is to guide them. Mm -hmm. And we're both doing it. And if it's done in the spirit of we're on the same side and we're playing this game to win together and we're gonna win together, we're gonna lose together, then communication really becomes the key. And I mean, that's why the you know, I mean, the punchline of all relationship advice has already been said, has been said for decades and decades. I'm sure it's been said for thousands of years that communication is key. Now, no one ever takes the time to articulate what they mean by communication. You actually have to say in a way that can be heard, like your intention can be heard, the things that you need, that you want and all of that, and to say it far more frequently and pointedly than you ever think you're going to have to say. And so mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you have the framework that it's manipulation or if you have the framework that they're dumb or they're not paying attention, mm-hmm. it, it is just gonna be gut-wrenching to have to guide them. But if you have it as this is the person I love most in the world and I'm guiding them to a treasure and I know that they're also gonna guide me to a treasure, then, then it becomes beautiful and it's like hey, I wanna, just as you've done for me thousands of times, I wanna take your hand and guide you to something that's gonna be amazing for the both of us. And now, for the both of us. <laughs> and that's such an inside joke, but I want people to know us. Uh, that is the key. Like when you're able to, which is literally why we call it giving the keys to the kingdom, to tell the person the, the thing that you need and want, without trying to hide it, without judging them, without making it their fault or anything. And then the real power is when the person says something and it triggers your insecurities and you can feel yourself getting defensive to remember that it's your job to allow the person to take you by the hand, that they are taking you to a treasure. And you introduce such a beautiful concept to our marriage which is, does this person love me? And if the answer is yes, then hey, I know that there's no ill will. So whatever they're trying to do, I'm going to give them grace and understanding and I'm going to be open and receptive. If the answer is no, then we have a much bigger problem Mm. than whatever it is that they're trying to lead me to. So the uh, old joke used to be, so Sting, the singer, it's funny to think that some people don't know who that is now, uh, he used to say that, sex with his wife lasted eight hours and so people were like oh my god this is crazy these guys have all this crazy tantric sex and they're having sex for eight hours and i remember thinking jesus like that does not sound like fun that that is way too long and he finally clarified and he said that was taken out of context what i said was for my wife you have to like really get her in the mood. It starts like with flirtation before we go out shopping. And he's like, then it's being attentive while we're shopping. And then it's coming home and it's kissing. And then, you know, it it becomes actual intercourse. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's so different. I need a whisper. Uh, you need only graze my groin and I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Like for real, it is like, I am just down for the get down. and. But for you, and I would say for women in general, for men it's the same, for women it's the same. These are rough approximations, of course, for some men it's different, for some women it's different. But just sort of down the middle, what are the averages? Women need that buildup. And the, the coolest way I've ever heard this said is, men need to have sex to feel loved, women need to feel loved to have sex. So what is, that thing that she needs is it attention she needs to feel seen and recognized is it that like one of the most interesting insights about sex i've ever heard in my life is that women want to be they want to feel sexy they want to be the center of sexual attention and i was like huh like that's so foreign as a guy like i can't tell you how stupid and unsexy it feels to me to try to pose or be sexy. Like, you used to try to dress me up for Halloween and things that you thought were so cool, and I wanted to dress up as an inflatable samurai. Like, (laughs) I, or a, a sumo wrestler. I want, Halloween for me is about funny, and you being sexy, yes, that I find really interesting. But me being sexy feels super weird. So it was like a really strange revelation to realize that, you aren't dancing sexy or strip teasing devoid of pleasure for yourself and just trying to turn me on. Mm. You're doing it because it turns you on to turn me on. I was like, oh my God, like my mind was blown. And I was just like, what? Like, I don't need that. Like it, it, is, <laughs> it is awesome if you're like, oh my God, I'm so turned on by you, I love that but I would get an erection either way. You know what I mean? If you're like, all right, we're doing it for you, okay, cool, like, (laughs) thank you, you know what I mean? It's like.
0: That's why when I was so sick, and like, just, I wasn't turned on sexually, because I could barely, like, I didn't think of myself as sexy. I didn't, I was hurting, I was in pain, I was in agony all the time. I could barely stand up, my hair was falling out, I couldn't wear a bra. So it's like, it had nothing to do with you, the fact that I didn't want sex, it was the fact that I, felt weak, in pain, and didn't feel sexy. Even when I wasn't in pain, I just didn't feel sexy. And so that didn't turn me on, you're 100% right.
1: Yeah, it is, it is really, so I, we're culturally going through something that I think is very confusing for people. And in the fight for equal opportunity and making sure that women can live whatever life they want and men can live whatever life they want, we have confused that with, there is no hard wiring. And the reality is, as far as science can tell, at this point, we're 50% hardwired and 50% malleable. So your life is more changeable than you could ever possibly imagine. And yet, and I was just doing a, I was teaching a class on this, and I realized, can you imagine the level of chaos that there would be in the world if every human being was completely unmoored from any sort of like, this is what humans are like, or this is what a man is like, or this is what a woman is like. And it is entirely, no, 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 I'm into electrical outlets and gravel. That's what turns me on, right? And you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, the, the amount of things that we take for granted that are just like, we don't find baboons attractive. That already, the fact that you're more attracted to other humans than you are to other animals, like, that's hardwiring, right? So there is a level of, gravitational pull that is necessary, like life wouldn't exist if gravity were too much, at least not like we experience it now, if it were too much different in either direction. We would just evolve differently. So society has gravitational pull. The gravitational pull of society is the 50% of humans that are hardwired. Now, when you fail to recognize that there are just things that are true, that we have tendencies, that's the best way to think about it. They're not hard and fast but they are so predictable in their direction that when you think there's none of that, then the world becomes a very confusing place. When you go that there are heuristics, there are general rules of thumb, there's directional information, then it becomes a lot more predictable because you don't say, oh, the world is just like me. You say, oh, okay, she falls into a different category on certain things and when it comes to sexuality, she falls into the female bucket. Of course it's a a spectrum and everybody's different and people fall in sort of one area or the other and I totally buy that there is like gender identity and people can feel very differently about that. There's of course gay, straight, so all of this stuff is like these overlapping Venn diagrams. But there are averages. And so once you get into, ah, statistically speaking, it's probably more like this. Like I would say that you are a very masculine woman in your energies and your tendencies but it's still easier for me to understand you when I think of you as a woman. Now, I'll bring that all back around to the question because I saw (laughs) the the, like eye movements there. It's
0: like I'm a little confused. Yeah.
1: Excellent. So you're going to push me on on where you're confused. So bringing it back around to sex, recognizing as the as for her, right, because she's saying I'm not even sure what to do. I would say once she's empowered with the idea that hey you're gonna need rev up like that's a real thing and once she understands oh okay it's not weird it's not unusual the odds are that as a woman i'm gonna need some sort of build up i'm gonna need to feel loved i'm gonna need to feel trust i'm gonna need to feel safety okay all things that play into a female orgasm in a way that they don't into a male orgasm so there's already that disconnect so then it's like well what communicates those things to you is it me doing the dishes is it me making sure that the kids are taken care of? Do you need to know that the kids are with somebody that you trust? Do you need to know that the kids couldn't possibly walk into the room? Is it a lock on the door? Right, there are all these interesting things. Once you realize, I'm gonna need Rev Up, I'm gonna need to feel loved, I need to feel trust, I need to feel secure. Now what makes me feel that? Mm-hmm. And that's going to help her, because she's not trying to overcome all of this stuff. Like. I'm tempted to tell a very funny story right now, but I have a feeling it would just be another layer of complexity to this idea. So I'll I'll keep it on the straight and narrow. (laughs) Uh, So understanding what those things are for her, the positive cues that lead her into feeling sexy, candles, flowers, like aromas, relaxation, there's something right. Identify those. Make sure they happen so that by the time we get to the actual physical act of sex, you're ready.
0: That was amazing. I, I confused
1: you, though, at some point. Did I bring it all back around did, somehow?
0: You 100%. You totally brought it around. Um, so I agree with all of that. And, I mean, the biggest thing, and you've said this already, is it's the transition. Like, when I think about myself, when I'm at work, it's like I have a certain way that i act a certain mentality a certain hardness to myself that i i deliberately bring to the table when i'm doing work it's i put on a you know i have to be a boss i have to guide things i have to be a visionary i have to be an executor like all these not even have to but i am so all of those take a certain amount of hardness to me i cannot be a ball of mush like i I have done that. That was my transition of going from a housewife to how the hell do I become a leader? And I've messed up so many which ways on that journey. But ultimately, it's showing up super confident, super strong, you know, um, not being afraid to just go for it, try things, fall on your face. Like, and all of that takes a certain amount of mindset, strength, ignoring my negativity, Lisa, what the hell are you doing? Like all of this stuff, I, I battle that on a daily now, when I'm with you, I want to feel soft. I want to cuddle in your arms. I want your arms to like cut, really encompass me. I want to feel protected by you. I really do, and I know in these day and age, people may hate that, but I don't fucking care. Like, that's what makes me feel good with you. I like feeling protected by you. I choose that. So. In order for me to do that, that's what makes me relax. And then I feel sexy and I feel, you know, I can dress up or I want to be the caretaker. Even being the caretaker makes me feel good and sexual. Like all these things make yeah, because it makes me feel good about myself. Hmm. Like I'm taking care of you. That's a pride that I have in myself. And so all these little elements to me, build up for the moment of sex. And it's a, it's a freaking transition. It's like what you say when, you know, if you're doing, you know, strict work, business stuff, and then you're being creative, there's a transition cost in there. where you have to switch your mind, your body, the, you know, how you hold yourself. And so for me, it's been very easy in the sense for us to kind of go, okay, Monday to Friday is pretty much all work all the time. Like, you literally go to bed with your headphones on. So there's not even a second for transition. But the weekend is my relaxed time. I've got a different hat on, if you will. And so for me, it's very beautiful and easy and comfortable to have just freaking amazing sex on the weekends but the week just I always found it difficult I found it was more like a burden another chore I'm bloody exhausted I've just spent 12 hours feeling like I'm battling the world and now I have to put on a different hat relax get sexy it's like Jesus Christ no you know so I've just gone that was too stressful for me so if it was too stressful for me like that's that's the opposite of what sex should be right we need to connect we need those moments um, so that's why we've structured our week so that it actually happens on the weekends. And then that's also allowed us to kind of navigate work and everything we're going through there. And then also just making sure that we do have sex because we've you know, said so often how important that is. And it's really about the connection. <clears throat> so sex with Emily I had on the show and we were literally speaking about this and the whole thing was, it doesn't even just have to be penetration, it's the connection. Give each other. <clears throat> give each other. Why well, are you giving like, me that let look? Let me say what.
1: <laughs> In this. This sounds like uh, going back to male and female differences. No, so,
0: it's, it's basically saying like if you're not feeling, if you're not feeling connected. Yep. Sex isn't just. It's not always just the answer. It can be intimacy, and intimacy oh, 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 covers oh, oh, oh. massages.
1: To to create intimacy, it cool. does not need to be penetration. Correct. I thought you were saying sex does not need to be <laughs> penetration. I was like, yo. <laughs> We gotta talk.
0: Come on, it's sex with Emily. She encourages penetration. Keep that
1: madness on your side. (laughs) But no, I get it now.
0: So, um so yeah, I think that just being honest about your schedule, being honest about your life and not trying to pretend and then really implement like date nights, sex nights, Mm. sex days, whatever. But um being you know, being aware and not feeling guilty I think is a big thing.
1: Facts. when the conditions are right for a sexual relationship, to me, the things you will learn about yourself, what you like, the nature of sex itself is so profound that having a level of um, experience and exploration I think is is truly rewarding. But even even just sticking to the one point with that person, let's just assume for a second that you're only gonna have sex with that person, I would still do it before I got married as like an emergency backstop. Just, it's like such an important part of the relationship to make sure that there is long-term viability to the sex life because it is, you're getting into life as a biological experience and understanding the hormonal cascade. Like, um, Jamie Wheel wrote a new book and it's about, it's called the, recapturing the rapture. And a huge section of the book is dedicated to sex because of the neurochemistry mm-hmm. and how what they're finding is one of the most potent antidepressants is an orgasm. And that so many positive neurochemical states have that de- have like signatures that are almost identical to post-orgasm, um, MDMA, um some of the the treatments that they're using for the the chemical cocktails that they use for like treating intractable depression all mimic essentially post-orgasm and so like making sure that your sex life is high functioning is so important and it can just be a misfire
0: all right so let's say they wait for marriage
1: God bless them. Cool. Now it's about toolkit of how do we process through. It's all about communication. It's all about not being embarrassed and not being judgmental because inevitably, and this is the very reason I'm telling people to experiment, inevitably there are going to be things that you're excited by the other person's not interested in and vice versa. There could be frequency things that you guys are going to have to work through. Um, Fetishes. Yeah, sure. Like you... (laughs) <laughs> Elaborate. Like I'm not sure where you're headed. I'm just
0: saying, if someone's got a fetish, you'd. I think it's important to say that openly to discuss. God, now it. are
1: we, we going to get into like the whole? It fetishes are interesting, man.
0: Fetishes no, but fetishes
1: like at a thirty thousand foot view are really fascinating. So I'm I'm glad you're bringing this up because to the point about like, without judgment, figuring out what the other person is into, like fetishes are one of the few things that appear to be immutable meaning something gets locked in when it's so we talk about the age Age of of imprinting so in in the 11 to 15 there is some weird thing where your brain opens itself up to lifelong imprinting and one of and meaning in that period like it's why they say you'll never have friends like you had when you were Mm -hmm. 12 there's there's just something about that period of time that the the Hobbies that you'll develop, they develop in that time. Mm -hmm. Your favorite authors, filmmakers, movie genres, all of it lock in in that period. And one of the things in that cascade is fetishes. And so there's this weird thing where the brain opens itself up to locking onto something and then it stays. And so while you may discover new things that you like, it's usually in a fairly narrow band, and that band gets gets imprinted in that period. And so not knowing what the other person's like real, like the things that they're really into can be uh, it can be sad because when you find somebody that shares right, your interests, exactly. it's like, oh my God, I never knew it could be this amazing.
0: Exactly. That's what my point of that saying is, or just being able to be with somebody that doesn't judge you for a fetish that you may have. And if you, if you don't have sex beforehand, if you don't discuss it, especially then, you may end up in a relationship with someone that is maybe the antithesis of what sexually turns you on. Or, you know, and so it's like, well, what do you do with that? So I just think like as an overall, it's not about like, yeah, get one in. It's about, you know, like making sure that you are completely compatible on the same page, aligned, very open um, beforehand.
1: Yes, and just as a final button, of course there's gonna be, and I mentioned this earlier, there's gonna be um, growing together. You guys are gonna at first like, oh, I'm not really into that, but over time you like see how much the other person loves it and and you can evolve together. So this is like anything in a relationship. There, there's a mm-hmm. foundation that you wanna make sure is there and is solid, but then of course, beyond that, it's gonna be communication, it's gonna be trying new things, it's gonna be experimenting together and without question, the greatest sexual journey I have been on has been with you. Mm. And so time to get like, my number one value in a relationship is a shared existence. So hopefully people do not mistake that I am um, only interested in novelty. The thing that I've given my entire life to is the experiment of what happens when you stay with one person. Um,
0: That's your experiment?
1: (laughs) Why do you say (laughs) it like that? not
0: sexy at all.
1: That's interesting. To me, that is so powerful.
0: It's so unromantic.
1: That's I have to find better words to say it in a way that you hear what I mean, because what I mean is so (laughs) like it's like I've given my whole life to the idea of like through ups and downs, through sickness and health, through poverty, wealth, everything, all of it to do it with one person is such an extraordinary journey. And
0: that's way better. Just don't use the word experiment Um, because it. It, it feels clinical and so everyone this Words is
1: matter so
0: th- i'm actually glad that we're talking about this and you said earlier like people like this is actually how we talk this is actually how we talk you say a word rubs me the wrong way makes me feel a certain way but i know you don't mean it which is why i'm correcting you i know exactly what you mean but that's why i was like hey experiment doesn't work on me it doesn't feel romantic and I like I know
1: which you're now revealing your value system yeah I don't need it to be romantic yeah I need it to be powerful
0: yeah and so hearing
1: that what you need in that moment obviously was an unmet need I wouldn't have said it if it were Valentine's Day or our anniversary wouldn't be like I'm so glad we're running this experiment (laughs) but At the same time, that really matters to me. And so I'm, while I'm understanding you and I could now steel man your position, it doesn't mean it changes the way that I feel. Like that means something to me, it means a lot to me. And I, just as it's critical that I understand where you're coming from, it's important that you understand where I'm coming from and why that, the way that I have framed it matters to me. So if you're speaking to me and want to be understood, that you would need to have an equal um, understanding and respect for, how but I that's interesting see
0: it. though because in your reframing of it and I was like, "Oh, that's much better." Did you feel like I was changing your mind, the way that you see it?
1: Yes. And when you said corrected, I was like, "The hair on the back of my neck stood <laughs> up." I was like, "Say what?" <laughs> so, you helped me understand your position and that that really is super powerful. And in that I want to make sure cuz as I have said many times, communication is about what you say, it's about what the other person hears. And so I need to know how to get the emotional response so that you feel, like when I say that we're running this grand experiment, that you feel this sense of wonder and grandeur and like, oh my God, but I can't use those words because you won't feel what I feel. Yeah. So for me to get you to feel it, I need to understand what the like, trigger words are for that same neurochemical cascade, and then I can make sure that I get us on the same page but it does mean something to me for you to also take the time to step in my shoes.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is actually perfect in real time that people can see how we work through things because I totally hear what you're saying. It's because you've given me context of what you actually mean, now I actually like the word experiment. And like, as you were talking, I was like, oh, instead of our anniversary, it'd be a happy experimental day. Um, But like, that's how I can go from, hang on a minute, that actually is, I don't like that word, you've made me, it feel unromantic to me hearing you out to then you hearing me out, re- rewording it so that I can hear what you actually mean in my language, right. and then me coming over to your side and going, okay, I actually hear what he's saying, I don't take offense, and you can see now I'm laughing. So that's how we take something where, if I didn't have said anything, imagine time after time after time yeah. after time for the next three years, you keep calling our, our marriage an experiment. Yes, that's so I'd powerful. Be, like, in three years, I would be like, I'm just a fucking experiment, like, see does not right. love me.
1: Oh my God, that's so good. That's so powerful.